Good morning and welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. And um, I can respond to your questions or comments as they are, as this is happening. And good morning again, everybody. Hi, y'all. Jill, how's life? See, I remember your name. Good. <laughs> I am bad with names, and I hear that that's not a good thing. Do you know my name? Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, any questions or anything before I get rolling? Anybody had a life or? Yes, sir. You have a question? Okay. He's coming with the mic. I just want to uh, let you know that I was able to see that the Ned D'Souza film, 2016, Obama's America. No, I mean a question about your life or something. Okay. Not, not politics. Now, uh, no question about that? Just one, uh, one fact, uh, one thing. As I, I just want to let you, uh, let you know one, uh, one factor. There was a, uh, for, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Uh, there was a scene, uh, there was a scene in that movie. How about, no, something about your life. That, what, I, uh, what I was just trying to say, uh, say is that uh, what I was just trying to say is that, um, let's just say that, um, okay, just one, uh, just one thing. Uh, I'll make it short. I was, when in my, uh, when attending Minza's funeral, I was wondering, uh, I was wondering, I was wondering, so how will I react, how will I act? Because this went a long time since I, I went to anyone's funeral. And I just wanted to make sure I didn't don't act anything. And I was more interested in how I acting than um, probably um, the feelings of everyone there. That's why I kept, uh, mostly kept myself in the funeral. Because you were trying to be careful as to how you acted. Yes. Why you want to be so careful with that? Because I know that. <laughs> because I know that if you knew my life, I was anything but care, uh, careful in a, a lot of things. Oh, and so you didn't want to, what, what, what were you trying to pre- prevent from happening at the funeral? I was keep. Uh, I was trying to act polite. Oh, you were? Yes. Why? Because I know that I, I had to respect the feelings of everyone, uh, everyone around me. And what is politeness at a funeral? How are you trying to act polite? There's, uh. As the old saying goes, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Oh, so you kept quiet. Yes. Because you didn't have anything nice to say. Well, I didn't have <laughs> anything, anything, uh, anything to say at all, that is. Oh, okay. All right, well, that's deep. Okay. Thank you. Sorry if I wasted your time. No, you didn't. But the folks don't know who you're talking about out there. He's talking about one of the Bond guys who expired, and we had the funeral this past week. Just so they'll know what you're talking about. All right. Any other questions or anything? Comments? No? All right. I have a question. No questions for me, right? So, thank you. I'm glad somebody had a life. You guys, like, supposed to go out and do what I do? Live? <laughs> Get involved and live and, and, and then come back and, 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 and testify how God brought you through it. All right? Yes, sir. Uh, I noticed the last few days, I was thinking about it this morning, I got a problem with commitment uh, and uh, decision-making, choices. Wow. And I noticed that uh, when things come up, there'll be different choices of, you know, generally like, you know, you kind of like, sometimes you're in a position of kind of like picking this or picking this. Uh, but I noticed a problem in terms of Making, you know, I, we've often heard it said, uh, if you have, if you don't know what to do, do nothing. Yes. But I've kind of taken that to an extreme and done nothing <laughs> for a long time. Because, uh, uh, you know, it certainly doesn't mean don't ever do anything. Right. At some point, you've got to make a call. We're all in businesses. We have families. We have things going right. on. So I've noticed a certain, um, I guess they call it in maybe uh, business like a par- paralysis of analysis. Okay. Where you can... Uh, just kind of like 
end up looking at different things and there's good over here and there's good over here and it ends up just kind of being a stalemate and then nothing gets done. Right. And so I've noticed that and I've also noticed certain choices I made in terms of like I'll see something to do, it makes sense, I'll do it, but somewhere along the line I get pulled off from it. And uh, I just did that recently. I found I, 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 something I needed to be doing. Right. I got pulled off it. I realized that I, uh, I came back to it recently and, and realized this was perfectly what I needed to be doing. There was, it, would, it made total sense, but somehow I was pulled away from it. So I could just think of all these different areas of my life where, uh, you know, that same thing is occurring. You know, um, not, not, yeah. not, you know, say, okay, this is it. Do it. Stay with it. Make the commitment. All these different areas. It kind of amazed me when I started thinking of the different categories of things that yeah. I'm into in different ways and how much uh, that's happening in, like, I, I'd say every single area of my life. Wow. Mary, well, not every single one, but almost every single area. Yeah. Mary can't wait to help you out. Oh, well. I can say uh, about the same thing. You know, I start out doing something that I should do, and then I lose track of that and do something else and so it's it's just for me it just is like I need to stay focused but then I lose focus easily oh you do so you have the same problem yes oh okay yes Christine well you know when he was talking what what came to my mind is there are things I mean it's good to stay in the moment to stay you know right in the present time but, you know, then that also, you know, there's certain things like, for me, I've got, you know, a goal of getting better, so I want to exercise. So, you know, you don't want to go back and forth. You want to have some sort of a plan. Yes. It might be some sort of a, a monetary thing that you want to do. Possibly you want to, uh, you know, get a new apartment or, or buy a condominium or something. So, you know, if you have that in the back of your mind, then you can make these decisions. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes you need to have, uh, like, a long-term idea of where you want to go and then the day-to-day things can take care of themselves because you can say okay because i want to be more fit i need to go to pilates or you know i've got to keep eating healthy or you know it could be you know as easy as decorating your house or cleaning out of the garage oh okay yeah what do you say yeah i knew mr professor i was thinking of you as i raised my head yes what do you say to all that I say the last guy in the world that I would have thought would say that about himself is Pat. Yeah. Absolutely the last guy in the world. Commitment? You have a problem with commitment? No way. So I don't see that. So. uh, But now that you know. Look, there's a couple things. Uh, One of them is people uh, talk about it's lonely at the top. You've heard that phrase before? Yes. You heard the buck stops here? Yeah. Why do people say that about themselves? And where's the top? Well. It's where you got to make the decision. At oh. any moment, you're at the top. It's low. That is how it is. Oh. So you don't, you don't have to second-guess yourself with that. That is how it feels. And, and in my case, I noticed that also. I, for example, will sit at a laptop when I should be in front of a client, and I literally stop my work, shove myself away from the desk, let the stuff sit there. Guess what? It's there tomorrow. Yeah. And go see a client. I mean, I'll do something like that. But this is, this is, is part of the human condition. And I spin all that up into my head where all the doubt starts. Yeah. If I, if I notice that I'm doing that, I usually can chill out and go do what I need to do. So I don't know, Pat. I, I, I don't know you that well, but I've, I've known you not that well for a long time. <laughs> and I, don't, I, I think you're being a little tough on yourself. I, I yeah. may be wrong. I, and so what's the easy way to overcome that? To you got to, um, um, uh, you kind of got to drop something. And I don't know how to explain what it is, but in my case, I shove myself away from the desk. I change physically where I'm at because I see, I go for a walk. I mean, literally there's something physical about, about getting stuck in your head. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That sounds too easy, doesn't it? But it does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hermes, what What you shouldn't do is have a drink. Oh, you shouldn't? No. Oh, I'm about to give out the wrong advice. <laughs> I'm glad you cut me off. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, get drunk and forget about it. <laughs> Let it go. 
Ermis, what the quick and the best is the best way to overcome that? You didn't hear? I didn't hear Pat. No. Oh, he has trouble making decisions and commitments. Trouble making decisions, and what what? You want me to what? You were not here or something? No, I stepped in the back. Oh, I see. Oh, well, I love I love to answer it. No, that's all right. (laughs) I love to answer it. Um, Here's the quickest way to get over that. It is just like that. Uh, Because it is abnormal to make decisions. Um, It's abnormal. God said that we don't know what we want anyway. We don't know what to do. We don't know what we want. And that's why you're having trouble making decisions. Because you really don't know what you want. And you really don't know what to do. It's human nature to try to play that role and think that you know what you want and that you know what you want to do. It's not God's nature, it's human nature. Human nature is of the devil. So that's why you're having so much conflict with God ways are ways are easy. There's no decision making about it at all. So if you want to get over that, you have to stay in the moment and not in your head. And you just do what's in front of you to do. And one thing leads to another one. And it's always right. It always works out. You don't have to put it down. You get it done. And you don't even think about it. But you got to, in the Bible it says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God in his right way, and all things will be added. If you put first thing first, and that's that quiet time with God so he can guide you, then he'll bring you out of that decision-making mode. And that's why you're confused by it. Because it's abnormal to do it. People are stressed out by it. All you have to do is live in the moment, in the present where God is, and all things are there. And, you, and I'm telling you, he gives you a lot to do right in front of you. There's always something to do. And it's right exactly what you should be doing, what you should be doing at the time you should be doing it. And then you have no stress, no worries, no nothing. Uh, Christine made the point about exercise and eating. Even with that, you don't have to think about that either. If you put him first, eventually that will fall in place too because your nature is changing and everything about you starts to change where you can live in the moment. The problem is most people don't live in the present. It is something else living in the presence of God. Come into his presence. And so instead of trying to figure out how to make decisions, how to get over that, you just become aware of yourself. That's all to it. It's just that simple. Yes, Pat? Yeah, that actually makes total sense because I've thought of things that I, that I do. I, you know, I'm notorious for e- eating a certain way and then switching it up later. Yeah. You know, people go nuts around me. Man, he had driven me batty with it. <laughs> if it wasn't for the present, I'd be a nutcase <laughs> walking out on Pico Boulevard talking to myself. Because he's always going for ever since I've known you. How long I've known you? A uh, couple years. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's been uh, anyway. But you know, and, and different things. You know, I, I every time he comes to me with something new, I'm like, Lord, all right, let's. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, you always roll your eyes, but I can give you a lot of ex- <laughs> a lot of examples for that. But it's it's really true that. You know, I'm in, I'm looking for a way of the, yeah. you know way of life. You know, way, I'm looking for when I'm into things that I like. I'm into finding a way to do it, and then I just want to go there. But it does make a lot of sense. I mean, it's so simple. Yeah. That if you simply do what you have right there, you don't have to worry about what the trajectory or track that you're on. I know. It. I, I'm a little too into that. You know, yeah. okay, I want to be on this track or I want to be on this track, but. Like you say, you can't do that. We don't have the capacity. And then if you try to force it, you end up sick and crazy and out of it. It, It's insane to live that way. Well, you don't even, like, even in terms of food, what food you're going to eat. Take that as an example because it kind of covers all the other examples. Right. Well, if you just know what you're going to eat right now, that's, you know, what else do you really need to know? That's right. But, you know, like... I will want to know, okay, what kinds of stuff am I going to go on? And it has to be like a big, everything has to be like grand, you know, and it's just unnecessary. Uh, I used to be Patrick's roommate in Oregon, and he was, this is when I first met him, and he would eat, uh, he would eat like um, vinegar and honey and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what kind of roommate is this? I'm in trouble here. And then he'd go, that didn't work. He would go to something else and go to something else. It just, it's insane. 
It's insane to follow your mind. All crazy people are following their mind. You know something? It, it is really crazy. When you become aware and separated from your mind, you're going to be like, wow, it's amazing how the thoughts just mess you up because they're from hell. And they never, ever, ever, ever give you any truth at all. And they always make you live in the past or the future, which doesn't exist, and it's so painful living there. You said something the other day about choices, and there's kind of like an, in any given thing, let's say food or whatever, there's a kind of a given amount of different choices that you can go to. And you <laughs> said this the other day, and it's so true. And you will end up, or I've done, going through like a cycle of choices. Yeah. And then I kind of come to the end where there's no really other choices. So I just started at, the, <laughs> at something I'd already done before and yeah. started over again. Yeah. I'm glad we're not married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's amazing to see that. Yes, Mary. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on for the mic. At any rate, I, I do notice that, like, for instance, yesterday, all week I knew I had to start packing. So I didn't ever, like, push myself to do it. So then yesterday <laughs> I woke up and I started. Yeah. It's like I just started. It just happened. I'm yeah. telling you, there's so a... that's all it is to it. Too. That's all to it. Okay. There's Don't a journey. Don't crowd yourself around and push yourself. No, you don't. Okay. There's a journey that we are on, and our pathway is already laid out for us. And if you could just live in the presence with the Creator who created this pathway for us, then you'll be fine. Don't look to the left or to the right or to the left, or don't try to be like someone else. Don't try to figure it out. You don't have to commit to commitments. Just live your life. Living in the present, you're committed. You're going to keep your word. You're going to do the best you can. You're going to do it on time. You're not going to stress. You're not going to only do it. It's just done. It really, really is. And then you still have time to waste. It is so easy. It is so, well, it's not sad, but it's interesting in that God has made this for us and everything is there. And like you reject your father and accept Satan's ways. And then you make up excuses about it. It's mind-blowing to see that. And so many people are hurting from that. God is our Father. He's already laid it out. And He loves us. Don't worry. Come out of that hell hole of your imagination. That's why the world is going to hell in a handbasket today because everybody's trying to figure it out. Let's go right here, Rob. With the black shirt on. What part does intuition play into the, that whole uh, idea of what you guys are talking about? Intuition. That's a good question. What, what is intuition? Define that for me. Um, I think it's, 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 a, it's like, a guide, like a guidance, something inside you that kind of tells you to go one way or another. But, you know, sometimes you can confuse it with good sources or bad sources. But, you know. Oh, I see. It's just a thing of uh, these guys are talking about decision making. Right. And you're talking about being free from decisions through objectivity. Can you imagine living a life free from decision making? That is something else. But doesn't intuition play a part in that? Um, if you, within all of us, there is a, a knowing. There is a, another voiceless voice. And so what happens when you become familiar with Satan's voice, that sound like your voice, the devil's voice, when you, when you become familiar with that voice and then you become familiar with uh, God's voice, you start to follow his voice and Satan's voice is further away from you. And so you find yourself following those orders that he gives you, his direction. It just become as natural as it is. It used to be to follow Satan's voice, which sound like yours. And that is coming from within, and I guess that's what you mean by intuition, right? Mm. I, was, I went to the gym the other day, and I needed a parking place, right? And so I'm driving, and all the parking was taken. And then all of a sudden, I just found myself turning around, and right there, it was a parking place. I'm like, wow. And I was in a rush and everything. I'm like, wow, this is... But for some reason, without thinking about the parking, the par I was just guided to the parking spot. It was meant for me. 
It was there for me. It, it was the most interesting feeling I had in a long time. And that's how he operates. But there's two sides to what was meant for you. There's the good side and the bad side. In the sense, the good side is what was truly meant for you. But a lot of times the bad side can try to lead you what, to make you think what was meant for you. Not if you know the other voice, the voiceless voice. If you are connected with the voice within, with God's voice, then the bad side can't mess with you. It'll come and tempt you. It'll try to make you, but you won't obey that voice after a while. Mm. And as far as God is concerned, there's no bad side for you. If you're his son, it's all good, buddy, all the way. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with, what you're going through, who you're dealing with, the situation. It's all good for you. Bad doesn't exist, even though evil exists. You know what I mean? It all works out for the good, you're saying? Yes. Okay. And when you're living this way, you're not thinking about bad and good. You're just living. So, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of freeing in the sense of it's not about rules and regulations. It's just about living and kind of watching things That's right. evolve. But you're watching things, not necessarily with your eyes. You're watching as they are being revealed to you. And they will be revealed to you in due season. Don't worry about it. This is so amazing. You're watching as they are being revealed to you. It's like, just like Satan or evil is driving you before salvation, whatever salvation is. Mm -hmm. After that, God is driving you. Right. Good is driving you. Mm. And that's when decision making and commitment and all that stuff fall to the wayside. You don't need it anymore. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. With the glasses, Robert. So I have a question based on what you just said. Yes. If things are meant to be good for me and God has set it up that way. Yes. And then something happens bad um, to somebody that you love or something, then why is that good for me? Is it that I'm going to learn something from that and so that's part of the plan? Or why do we have to deal with these things good that question are very again. upsetting? Yeah. If something happened to somebody that's close to you, is that bad? Well, it feels bad in my life because right. I'm dealing with it. Okay. But if everything's really planned out to be good for me, that doesn't feel like it's good. Right. Only because you have a mentality of bad and good. You have set it up in your mind or been taught or... Or have some, you have some anger and you live in that mindset of bad and good. But if you didn't have that mindset, that's why you need a renewed mind. Because if you didn't have that mindset of bad or good, then you wouldn't have to experience that. You're, only going, you're going through that because that's your mindset. It's an illusion. In reality, it doesn't exist. And in, in real life, we all get what we deserve. In real life. Mm -hmm. And so whatever happened to that person that's close to you, if you didn't have the wrong connection with it, you wouldn't be feeling their pain. You have compassion for them, you know. But because you don't know their relationship with God or what's going on in their life, you wouldn't take on their pain. You just wish them well. You have compassion. But if you, because of your mindset, you're connecting yourself to other people in the wrong manner. And that's why you're taking on, on their pain. That makes sense? It does. Yeah. Thank it's you. A, it's a, a fallen state way of living. You want to rise above that. You want relationships with people where you have compassion, but you don't feel their pain because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know, you don't know their heart. You know, they, people can set you up and make you believe all kind of stuff. And so they're getting what they deserve, but you may be feeling their pain unnecessarily. There's nothing you can do about it anyway. That makes sense? It does. Yeah. That's why he said we need a renewed mind from within. And when that light comes on from within, everything changes. Okay. Thank you. And then it's easy to walk away from your kids, from your, anybody that don't want to listen or they, they, they're on this road of destruction. There's nothing you can do about it. You're willing to let it go because you have this renewed mind which creates a different relationship uh, with people, places, and things. We have to renew our minds from within. 
Do you know how to do that? Have you heard that said before? Mm, not exactly. Oh, you haven't? Who have heard that before? Renew your mind from within. Oh, okay. Only four or five people. Do you know what it means to renew your mind from within? Okay. Yeah, I want honesty because I used to hear this all the time in the churches. Didn't know what they were talking about. It sounded good, but I didn't know what they meant. And then they would say, well, read the Bibles. That's how you renew your mind. No, you don't. You mess your mind up even more so. Who knows how to renew the mind from within? You know how? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. I don't, I, I don't think I can say I know how, but I think that it's, I don't know if it's us that, that does it, though. Oh, okay. You just made the point about that light that goes off. Okay. And, uh, when that light goes off, that's the renewing of the mind, isn't it? Good question. Very good. Yes, Raymond. And I, and I will. I'm not running from it. I just want to get some more feedback. Okay. The best I can explain is by, uh, is by a simple phrase, let go and let God. In other words, when I pray, uh, when I pray, it seems like I may have I start by a hundred thousand things to be concerned about, and in the end, I only have one. Uh, it seems like one guy, uh, one thought that seems to be melting away. That it seems like a, a thought, uh, a guiding light within, and, and that seems to be uh, at blocking every thought, uh, every thought I have, saying that's not important. That's what. That's what uh, why I've uh, become aware of every time, even after I pray. Uh, pray that everything I ha- I do may be important uh, is um, has only a limited import- uh, importance compared to the uh, big picture. Did that help at all? A little, okay. Um, um, here's how you renew the mind from within. And you're right, it's not of ourselves that, self that we can renew the mind. It has to happen. God caused that to happen. So here's an example. When uh, uh, trouble comes, you know, sometimes stuff comes, right? And your first instinct is to try to solve the problem right away so you can get rid of the pain, get rid of the hurt. You don't want to have to go through that. Anybody ever done that? So you want to hurry up and fix it, right? What I would recommend is that you take a moment and become aware of yourself within. Just kind of look at how you're feeling about it, what you're thinking about it. Pay attention to what Satan is telling you about the situation. Notice how you're feeling. Just take that still moment because God is there with you. And in that still moment, when trouble is there, your mind is being renewed. And you're changing in the way you see things, the way you deal with situations, the way you feel about life, the way you see life in that very moment. But the problem is most people get caught up in their head the moment something happened, and they're like running with their thoughts, trying to fix it and going nuts and going crazy. They never allow the renewed time to happen. That's one way to do it. When you could be still, when the, remember when the disciples were, were on the ship with Christ, and they're all believing in him, and they're like, wow, you're really cool. You know, we're all tough. You know, we're underwater. We have faith. We believe in you, Jesus. You're the man, right? And Jesus like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and Jesus knew that they were lying, right? So he said, they're like, oh, yeah, we got faith. You know how you say you have faith until something happened, right? Like you feel all strong. I'm walking in faith. And then as soon as something comes. So Jesus laid down and took a nap. And, these, and then when Jesus took a nap, they, the, uh, a storm came, uh, which is challenges in life, came. And the first thing they did was freak out. Like, wake up, wake up. The storm, we're about to sink. And you're like, oh, I thought you guys had faith. They did not have the faith. But had they known to just be still, they could have commanded the water to be still. They could have stopped the rain. They could have stopped the storm. And that's what happens when something comes into your life to challenge you, if you could stay still in that moment and not go with the craziness of your head, you can change the situation just like that. And it's not you, but he that dwells in you to give you the power. Your faith will do it. It is absolutely true, absolutely amazing. But you got to stop overreacting to those situations 
because all you're doing is setting yourself up for the next situation to be wiped out, even more so. Every time you overreact, you get, your ship is sinking. Every time you stand still, you're, you're stopping the storm. You're overcoming. That makes sense? But you got to be aware enough to know this is my moment to be still and know God. My moment to be still. Because we have a power inside of us. And so it's given to us all the time. Every time a situation comes, that's a time for faith to go into operation. If nothing is happening, you don't need to have faith. But wait till somebody talk about you or somebody steal your money or someone lie on you or something. You're ready to freak out and go fight. But don't do it. Practice that so you can build that, that faith will build itself. Just calm down and be aware of how you're thinking. You can see then where you are with God. And he will blow your marrow off. And if you have an afro, he'll take care of that too. Uh, it's so wonderful. But you got to calm down and live your life in that way. Be aware. Did that help? That makes sense? This is why you got to know yourself. Now, I know we all have jobs. Excuse me. We have families. We have businesses to run. We have all kinds of stuff, right? But those things are secondary to what I'm talking about. They are secondary. Put first thing first, and that is seeking God within you. He's there. He loves us, and he will take care of you. And it's just mind-blowing. And the more you be aware in time of trouble, and I know some of you are not going to do it. It's so unfortunate. As soon as this meeting is over, someone's going to look at you out the corner of their eyes, and you're going to be mad. <laughs> Rather than taking that quiet moment to overcome to know God. Did I see your hand like a long time ago? Uh, no? You forgot? Okay, right here. Right here in the blue dress, Robert. I was just going to say, um, well, you continued, but what I was just going to say was um, I don't think it's just taking that moment, but I think the word is talking to God about that if something happens, then you take that moment. Not just to, you know, look within yourself and, you know, well, what do I think I should do? You should take that moment to bring your problem to God and talk to God and communicate and with Him. You mean like with words? Give me an example of what you mean. Like when you pray. Oh, uh, so let's say that trouble comes, right? You have a problem. Mm-hmm. And so you, you would take that and go to God and talk about that problem to Him? Yeah. Are you saying that? Yes. Oh, okay. But that doesn't work. Why not? Because, and, and I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Been there and done that. Never worked. Because, again, we don't know what to ask for. We don't know what to say. All, when I'm going through things like that, all I ask is that God give me the courage to go through it, the strength to go through it, right? Give me the, the knowing to be still so I can go through it. Because if I went and prayed about it, I would be like, oh, Lord, hurry up and take this away from me. Why me? You know, it wasn't my fault. Um, you, God, fixed this problem. And, and God, like, sitting there looking, you know what? This is insane. Uh, just suffer until you can wake up. But if you can just be still through it, and eventually he will give you what to do, you're showing faith that he will work it out for you. Because most of the times, or many times, we don't know why we're going through stuff anyway. There are things that we have not realized yet, and we're going through it, and going through it in stillness will cause you to realize, oh, wow, I was this way. This is why I had to go through that. But if you give, put those words out there, you're cutting all that off. I think it's a little bit of both talking and, and listening. A little louder for me. I think it's a little bit of both talking and listening. Yeah. To the Holy Spirit. Uh, you don't think that, I mean, do you think that God is smart enough to already know what the deal is? Yes. And what, a little louder for me. Yes. And then, because he's trying, the mic guy, yeah, I need you a little louder on the mic. Uh, so God is, he already understands the situation, right? Yes. And he, al- and he already has the answer to the situation, right? Right? I can't hear you. Yes. So why talk to him? It's just like you would talk to, you know, your father or your friend. But see, you have the Holy Spirit within you, and he's doing that on your behalf. Yes. And so if he's doing it on your behalf because we know not what to pray for, just be still and allow him to do it. 
Okay. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, have you ever talked to God about your problems and he worked them out, he took them away? Yes. He took them away? Give me an example of something that he took away that you said, oh, Lord, it's a problem, take it. Well, I can't think of one on the spot. There's been a lot, so. Uh, there's been a lot? Yeah, several times. Okay. If, if something pops up, let me know. Sure. I'll come back to you. Did I see, Kelly, did I see your hand a while back? Okay. Oh, just one moment for Robert. Um, about the renewing your mind. Yes. Um, one of the reasons that the meditation has been helpful to me is because um, it's allowed me to sit through, um, going back to what Pat said, like making mistakes, maybe the same mistake over and over again. You know, he was talking about eating, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and being able to sit through it, realize, you know, this isn't the way that I want things to be or, like, the way that I want to do things. Um, but, you know, eventually, like, I come out of it, like, on my own. And yes. the many times where, you know, and it could be anything, you know, any habit, um, but I'm able to kind of see myself in those moments. And it's only because of the meditation. You know, before, you know, I'd be, like, judging myself, and yep. then you're not able to gain anything from it. Um, but that's been really helpful for me. And, and I realized after the fact that in those moments where, you know, I was not liking, you know, what the habit was, um, like I, my mind was being renewed from within and I learned so much from it, you know, and, and I gained a lot. So it's amazing. The revelation that comes, uh, once you sit through a situation, once you allow yourself to go through it without freaking out and worried about it and, trying to change the situation yourself. The revelation that comes after that is pure love, and it is amazing. But you're not going to experience that until you allow yourself to go through that. you got to allow it to happen before you would know what I'm talking about. It is absolute, And once you lock into it, that's it. You don't have to worry anymore because you're going to know this other voice. You're going to know and recognize the voiceless voice, and that's what's going to guide you. And believe me, things will come and Satan will be pounding on you to try to get you to react to it, to do something about it. And if you notice, what he's trying to get you to do has nothing to do with the present. It always has to do with what will happen if you don't do this. Uh, look what happened when you didn't do that. What's going to happen if you do this? What, look what happened when you did that. It's never, he won't let you be in the presence where the answer to all things are right here and now. He, he, he'll get in your head, and if you try to resist him on your own, he'll start pounding in your head and give you a headache. Have you noticed that? Because he wants to drive you away from the presence of God. And he is, Satan is not in the present with you. He's in this illusion of the past or future. And he doesn't want you there. And the only way you're going to be able to get there, you got to admit that you're wrong. you got to drop your anger. You got to stop being angry because your anger is the nature of, the, of Satan. And he keeps you away from the presence of God. That's what's doing it. Because when you're angry, you have no love and no compassion for anybody. Everything is about you. But when you have love, it's all about some, your enemy. And that's why you're living in your head like this. That's why Satan, Satan can just come in it rip you of your moment because you have anger. You have its nature. And it, it's not necessary, folks. And, and uh, it's really, really, really time to wake up because things are getting bad. And they're getting worse and worse. Families are messed up. The country is messed up. Every, people's lives are just messed up only because they're listening to the devil. They won't overcome their anger. That's the only reason you can't come into the presence of God unless you're coming to repent. And then you can enter into what I'm talking about. You can, you'll be able to let go of all your little weed, you know, your marijuana. Anybody bring in a marijuana today? <laughs> Alcohol, <laughs> your jealousy, your lying, your envious, your envy, your whatever. Worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. You'll be able to just drop all that away. It'll fall to the wayside when you have this moment that I'm talking about. God said, come into the present. Seek me first. He's right here right now. 
Um, I saw Hermes and then Robert and then back over, over here. Okay. Man, I don't know. And then I, I'll take you to John and James. I don't know how I could follow that, man. That was really powerful. Um, and it's so real. I'm not making it up. I'm, t I'm too dumb to make this up. I am. I'm really too dumb to make this up. I can't, you can't make, the, there are no words to express this. When I express it with words, it's the best I can do with it. You have to see what I'm talking about. You must be born again. And if you have anger, you're not born again. You're not a child of God. You're on the way, but you're not there. If you have any iota, little bit, tiny, little bit of anger, your father is Satan. Ooh. Yeah, will, you, will you guys still put a donation in the box? <laughs> if you have this much of anger, you, your father is Satan. And you want to know how, if you have anger or not, wait until something happened to you. <laughs> That's when you would know. Yes, Hermes. Yeah, I can totally relate to what you're saying. And uh, this might sh sound shallow following what you just said, but um, I noticed that in that fallen state, I could see myself, I mean, just judging every single situation, man. And uh, yeah. I kind of know how to be still, but how do you make that commitment to be still. I noticed that I'm looking for uh, salvation and everything else but in that stillness. And uh, just to piggyback on what you were saying about the um, that voice, uh, like Saturday, instead of getting up running around, I was kind of at home relaxing. And I noticed that I could literally not just see the thought, but that voice that sounds like me, that's talking to me. Yeah. Like my body was there, but there's this other voice. And it was, now I understand why people walk around you know, talking to themselves and people think they're crazy because <laughs> there's that voice that sounds like us. It's not really us that's constantly talking to us. Yeah. And once you become objective to it, you can see that that's not really you. I saw this. I see this woman walking up and down Pico sometimes, and, uh, and she's as nutty as a fruitcake. Just like, I drive past her. I, I, I think she does have a blanket sometimes. I drive past her. I like I I know how you feel. <laughs> I'm like I understand the sister. <laughs> I can easily see how Satan can have you walking the street talking to yourself. Really, because once you lock into it, you start believing those lies. Then you start judging those lies, and then you get mad about those lies. Can't no one convince you that it's a lie. Have you noticed that? And so it's easy to be walking the streets. I bet you if we put a uh, a speaker in you guys' home, a recorder. <laughs> Be surprised to hear what you're saying to yourself. <laughs> uh, but yes. I know what you're saying. I see glimpses of it. Yeah. But I don't, you know, maybe I'm not ready. I just noticed that I haven't committed to that stillness to be able to find my salvation where I need to look for it. Yes. Very good question. How do you make that commitment to that stillness, right? For me, um, I, I, I had to admit and face that I was wrong, that I am wrong. My soul is wrong. I'm wrong. I'm a hateful, no good person, right? I had to really see that. And even God allowed me to see that because I had so much ego, I didn't even want to see that about myself. But I really, I was hungry uh, for what is right, you know, I wanted to live this life that I had heard about in the Bible. If we we're children of God, then life should be different for us. We should be free. And so I wanted to really know what that was like, and I wanted to see myself. And when I saw how messed up I am or was on the inside, I had no problem seeing it. I didn't get mad about seeing that. And that's when the ball started rolling. When I'm ready, most people, most people don't really want to see that they're wrong. They would say, oh, yeah, I love seeing I'm wrong. I like seeing that, right? And as soon as you point it out, they get mad. Have you noticed that? You're wrong by that. Uh-uh, I'm not wrong to you. But you got to be willing to see that you're wrong because that is uh, coming out of denial. And when you're coming out of denial, then God can help you. So would you say a good way to gauge that is how you deal with correction? Yes, Absolutely. The way you deal with the situations in life, the way you deal with the way people treat you, 
the way you respond to uh, everything, it shows you your relationship with God. It really does. Very good, man. It really does. Really, really does. There's nothing more important than seeking first the kingdom of God in his right way. No work, no friend, no nothing more important than that. And then everything else will fall in place. Uh, let me go here. Rob, and then we'll take way around. Just come on around, Rob. Come on around. There you go. You're doing good. Not there, behind him. Uh, behind him. Right. Now, the problem that I have going along with the same thing is, like, a lot of times at work, I, I have a job where I'm not doing much, and you can't really do much. So a lot of times I'm just there, and I spend most of my time, like, going with that voice pops up in my head, and I'm thinking about what I want to do for the day, what I want to do tomorrow, what I have planned for business, what I want to do with this, and just yeah. spend so much time, and I, like, rely on that for entertainment throughout the day every day. And wow. <laughs> I totally understand that. And it's, I feel it driving me crazy. Yeah. And it's, I don't like where it's going, but then at the same time, I don't know what to do about it. Yes. I bet you everybody do. can relate to that, right? Yeah. In some form of it. Here's the, here's the uh, solution. Tomorrow, tomorrow, when you go to work, take a bottle of Merlot <laughs> to work with him. <laughs> and in those quiet moments, hit it. Try <laughs> <laughs> all your little troubles be gone. <laughs> no, here's the real solution. And you should be grateful for that job and that you have that much time to become aware of what's going on with you. And so when those things come, just watch them. You know, just, just listen and watch how, wow, listen to how my voice is talking to me. Listen to what it's telling me to focus on. Just quietly be aware of it, and it will start to change. You should be happy that you have that much time at work when you have that downtime where you can notice what's really driving you and see the lie that's involved in that. First of all, tomorrow doesn't exist. So that's a lie. So it has you plan for something that doesn't even exist. And then secondly, it's, it's telling you, you need to be doing all these different things. And if you try to do those things, you're going to get nothing done. You're going to do what Patrick is talking about. You start one project, drop that, start another one, drop that, because it's constantly driving you and telling you something else to do. Cut it out just by being aware of it. And you're going to feel the headache and the pain of it because it's so strong in you now and it doesn't want to die. But just slowly and gradually watch it, and that and the light, somebody spoke about the light of God, it would destroy that spirit. And then you'll find yourself at work, and all of a sudden you're not feeling that way anymore. Or if that voice should come, it's like way out there and not here pounding you like that. You just have identified with it for so long that it just seemed like it made sense, and that is you, and it's not. And it never, ever, ever going to work. All you're going to do is be starting your life over again. It's, it's an illusion. It doesn't work. So just be quiet and watch it. Uh, and just, you know, you have nothing to do. Just sit quietly. And just really just let go. And become a, uh, just become a, aware of right now. And your whole mind and body will relax. It really will. And then the more you do it, the easier it gets. Because now you're switching voices. For the lack of a better word. Do you have anger? I do. I'm sorry? I do. Yeah, you need to let that go, too, because you give it life with that anger. You really, there is never, ever, 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 ever a reason to be angry. There's nothing that can happen to you that should cause you to be angry. Isn't that something? Can you imagine a life like that? I haven't, well... Yes, I can. I can. Because every time I thought I was over my anger, I thought I was over my anger and I thought everything was fine. Yeah. And then the situation would come and show me that I'm okay, I'm not. Right. And see, that's why we are, you, it's okay with the situations because you see your relationship with God and with yourself. You see that you really are angry, just that you haven't had anything to deal with yet. So you are angry. You don't have that love you need. That's why it's coming. God is really doing you a favor by allowing these things to happen so you can see you yet don't have the love. 
But once you get that love, then the mind starts to change too. It doesn't have so much power over you, illusion of power over you because it doesn't have that anger to live off. Who do you need to forgive? At the moment, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All right. Make sure you do the prayer. Are you doing the prayer? No. Well, then suffer, boy. <laughs> suffer and die. You got to be still. You got to pray. This is a spiritual battle we were talking about, and only God can handle that. Of ourselves, we can't do anything about it. He just wants us to become aware of it, of the fact that we are no good and that we can't do anything. You really can't do anything in life. You're dumb as a doorknob and know nothing. And it's okay to be that way. Um, did you have some? You did you have your hand, Martin? Uh, no, I did a while back, but it was just it's past. Oh, okay. Thanks, uh, um, um, John. Let's do you, and then we'll go to James. Yeah, um, you know how you're not supposed to obey your thoughts, right? I noticed that with certain thoughts, or when temptation comes, it's like right away I feel this uh, pain. Yes. And um, why is that? Where is that coming from? As a matter of fact, you can't even have the pain unless you have the thought first. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And, uh, and all it is that you're not conscious enough yet to see it coming. You're not conscious enough to see the storm coming until it overtakes you. You, you know, you don't see Hurricane Katrina until it wipes you out. And you haven't listened to your consciousness long enough to prepare for it, to know that it's coming. Don't worry about it. Let's say you mess up. You get these thoughts about whatever. And it's coming from an illusion of the past or the future. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. And you're just believing it. And you're not conscious enough to see it. And once you believe it, it brings on the pain. And so just be aware of it. If you mess up one time, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Don't make a big deal of it. Just that, wow, I'm in my head again. No big deal at all. All right? Because they could be coming from anything. I don't know what Satan is feeding you in your mind. All right. You know, he may tell you, be telling you, oh, you hate your wife. And then you realize, oh, yeah, I hate her. And then you have pain. It could be coming from anything, but you need to be aware of that so you can see the lie that he's feeding you. Yeah, I noticed that the temptation or the thought is, um, is something that I want to do. And uh, let's say, like, just having a drink. And it's okay, I'm not going to drink. But Never then that pain, say you're not going to drink. But then that pain will come and... Uh, it would be like excruciating pain. Uh, well, to not drink or to drink? Or to, or to let's say I'm not going to do it, then it's just pain. Right. Yeah. The moment you say you're not going to drink. Yeah, like I can be coming home from work and I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to get something to drink. And then uh, <laughs> I'll say, oh, no, I'm not going to drink. And then this pain just comes all over me. Uh-huh. Because they'd be like, like you're lying to yourself. <laughs> you're not going to be able to get past this liquor store. <laughs> Never, ever, ever say what you're not going to do. It's enough to know that it's something you like to get over. Yeah. But the moment you say you're not going to drink, you see drinks. You're on your way to the refrigerator. I'm not going to do it. And then you, drink, you say, well, I'll just have one. And then you have one and say, oh, that wasn't quite enough. You're not drunk yet. Get another one. Don't say it. Just know. Okay. All right. All right. Give it no life by saying. Just know this is something I need to overcome because the drink is not the problem. It's the thing that causes you to want to drink is the problem. Unresolved issues in your life. R little resentments and anger and judgment going on in your life that you don't see. And so the best way out, so your mind tries to tell you, is to take a drink. But once you have peace, you won't need to drink. All right. All right. Okay. Um, Ed, come and read something for me. Let me take him uh, this verse, and then I'll come to you. I don't know. I don't know. I got some online. Let's see what happens. Okay. Do I need this? Yes. All right. You got a problem with your eyes? Yeah, let's see, let's see if I can. Want me to lay hands on you? <laughs> don't hit me in the eye. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yes, James, you had a question or comment? Yeah, uh, what Pat was saying and what you've been saying this whole time about listening to thoughts and uh, getting carried away with um, not being in the present, yes. um, being a result of anger. It seems like, well, it feels like that's what causes my anger. I guess it's just what's showing me my anger. 
I'm sorry, repeat that. It feels like that's what's causing my anger. Not what like, is causing your anger? Uh, the being in the, the <laughs> being in my head and stuff like that. Oh, it's causing the anger? Yeah, but... I, well, it's the anger that you live, live off, right? And then so when you see things happening and people doing crazy things or yourself, you see yourself doing wrong, you're judging yourself. And that's what brings on the pain too. Because you're, you're in a state of judgment. Once you have perfect love, you're not in that state of judging everything anymore. And people are not going to believe that you're not judging, but you cannot judge when you live in love. So you're constantly judging, and that's why you're having the pain. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you're living, it, it keeps you in your imagination. John, let's get this last comment here real fast. Man, we run out of time. And I'm sorry, I'm just not going to be able to get to everyone. Um, I just wanted to have you elaborate on what you said about not being able to really do anything where dumb as a doorknob. Yeah. Um, but uh, what about uh, freedom of choice? How does that play into that? And also, um, we're capable of some good and some bad, even though we may not be the driving force of it. We're capable of it. Um, very good question, man. We have to pick up on it next week because of time. But uh, long story short, no such thing as choice. Doesn't exist. Another illusion. And there's no such thing that we're good and we're bad. We're, you're either one or the other. And it depends on the God that you serve. If Satan is your father, you're no darn good. <laughs> because Satan is no good. If God is your father, then you're good because God is good. His nature is good. It's not you. There is no you making this being good or bad. It's the, it's the spirit that you identify with. And because we don't know good. We don't know evil till it's revealed to us. And so sometimes, a lot of times, you think you're doing good, you're doing evil. Because you don't know of yourself until it is revealed. And so we're dumb as a doorknob. But what happens is when you can realize that and you don't mind seeing it, then revelation comes. And that's when wisdom and everything comes through you that way. And that's when you can be smart. But you got to lay down this idea that you're, come on, uh, buddy. You got to lay down this idea that you're good and that you're smart and that you're wonderful. <laughs> You'll feel better once you lay it down because there's no responsibility after that. Um, here's what happened to you. Here's what's going to happen to you if you keep up with the mindset that you have. Uh, I want Romans 1, uh, 18 through 32. Right there, 18. The retribution of God from heaven is being revealed. Do me a favor, read it in the headlines. God's, God's retribution against the Gentiles. The retribution of God from heaven is being revealed against the ungodliness and injustice of human beings who in their injustice hold back the truth. For what can be known about God is perfectly plain to them since God made it plain to them. Ever since God made it plain to them, ever since the creation of the world, the invisible existence of God and his everlasting power have been clearly seen by the mind's understanding of created things. And so these people have no excuse. They knew God, and yet they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But their arguments became futile, and their uncomprehending minds were darkened. While they claimed to be wise, in fact, they were growing so stupid... <laughs> That they, exchanged, that they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for an imitation, for the image of a mortal human being, or of birds, or animals, or, or crawling things. That is why God abandoned them in their, most, in their inmost cravings to filthy practices of dishonoring their own bodies, because they exchanged God's truth for a lie and have worshipped and served the creature instead of the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to degrading passions, why their women have exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural practices. And the men, in a similar fashion too, giving up normal relations with women, are consumed with passion for each other, men doing shameful things with men and receiving in themselves due reward for their perversion.
In other words, since they would not consent to acknowledge God, God abandoned them to their unacceptable thoughts and indecent behavior. And so now they are steeped in all sorts of injustice, rottenness, greed, and malice, full of envy, murder, wrangling, treachery, and spite, libelers, slanderers, enemies of God, rude, arrogant, and boastful, enterprising and evil, rebellious to parents without brains, rebellious to parents without brains, honor, love, or pity. They are all... They are well aware of God's ordinance that those who behave like this deserve to die. Yet they not only do it, but even applaud others who do the same. And that's what's going on in society today because of what we talked about today, the lack of love. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for coming. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, Visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.